0: Going beyond the headline with Aldren Simpia. It's 11 minutes after four o'clock. Unfortunately, we seem to be struggling to get a hold of Alex, who called in just before we went to the news. Um, So, Alex, if you are listening, you can please try and dial us back. We tried to call you back, but there's no answer. But we move over to the story next. Jermaine uh, Carlser, who is the spokesperson for the city of Cape Town's Fire and Rescue Service is now joining us. A wildfire continues to blaze along the slopes of Simons Town for third day. So far, 450 hectares of land have been burned along the south of Cape Town since the fire broke out on a Tuesday as firefighters battle to contain the fire away from residential areas. This morning, 19 fire engines were operational in the Murdoch Valley, Millers Point, as well as the Plateau Road, as residents were evacuated. Jermaine is now joining us on the line. Jermaine, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. What's the situation like currently?
1: Good afternoon to you and your listeners. Yes, we're still battling with the prevailing wind conditions, which makes it extremely difficult for firefighters to to obviously perform our task and to contain this fire. We started this morning with about four... um, Aerial support craft, to which us with water bombing, we're now down to about three helicopters still water bombing. And there's spot areas with uh, multiple flare-ups in the areas that I think you mentioned, that would be Mullis Point, um, Rocklands um, Farm, Castle Rock, and in the residential area by Barnard Street and Plateau Road, as well as Horatio.
0: Okay, and compared to what we saw on Tuesday, would you say that the situation is much better in terms of trying to contain the fire from spreading further?
1: Yes, definitely. I think uh, it was one. This was an anomaly. Um, the earlier hours of Wednesday morning, where that wind picked up so strongly, we threatened them. That residential houses, and but luckily, with the resources and the capacity that the city has, we were able to avert that danger. However, as a precautionary, some residents at Harbour were evacuated.
0: And are there any planned, any any further planned evacuations that you are looking at?
1: Not at the moment, sir. Everything is now still. Coming to according to plan we've got enough resources currently there I think now with with the city only there is about 100 firefighters and then obviously complemented by Tabor mountain National Parks working on fire volunteer wildfire services as well as working on fires all that ground crew so work tirelessly throughout the night
0: yeah and with the with the aerial support you said that initially you had uh, four helicopters now you only have three uh, does that in any way make the job even tougher?
1: At times, but um, at times it, it does, but I think it, it could be as a, as a result of a mechanical fault because I know that the RX helicopter that um, assisted us um, the previous day, there was, a, was some kind of fault on the uh, chopper itself and that it had to be grounded. So this morning we started out with four and actually we had an addition with a Black Hawk um, that um, the helicopter can fly actually in very strong wind, uh, windy conditions and it was up in the air for about
0: an hour. Okay. and the plan now going forward into the weekend?
1: Yes, we're hopeful that the wind, I think the wind is our enemy. Um, it looks like a five-day test match us against the wind. But if there's favourable wind conditions for even half a day, we will make big inroads. And obviously then we'll have vehicles to monitor the area for any flare-ups at occur.
0: And do you see that fire um, and the wind itself blowing the fire into residential areas at all or perhaps even um, some of the vegetation that is uh, quite sought after?
1: No, I don't think. I think we have um, got it covered at the stage. Um, Obviously, we don't have control over the elements and one of the big elements or the obstacles for us currently is the wind. But we've got enough resources on the ground, and obviously with the aerial support, to, to try to minimise further damage. Uh, damage, obviously, to property and the
0: landscape. And finally, any injuries that have been reported?
1: Yes, that was only the the, the two. Actually, five injuries. Three of the firefighters um, complained of certain injuries. They were treated and then they soldiered on. And only two was taken to hospital. Um, that was on Wednesday morning. Um, But they were discharged later that, that same afternoon.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Jermaine Carlser there is the spokesperson for the City of Cape Town's Fire and Rescue Services. Listening into the conversation is Trevor Abrams, who's the Managing Director of Working on Fire, um, which has dispatched aerial uh, personnel as well as ground resources to assist the local firefighting agencies in fighting the blaze. Trevor, from your end, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Okay, we seem to have uh, lost Trevor there. We're going to try and see if we can get him back a bit later on. So, Trevor is working with the Working on Fire. He's the managing director there. And also they've dispatched some aerial personnel as well as ground resources to assist the local firefighting agencies. Let's take your voice notes in the meantime on 0614-104107. And you can also drop me an X at Aldrin Simpia. This is Aldrin Pierre on Beyond the Headline. And of course not promoting the use of cannabis let's quickly speak to trevor abrams managing director of working on a fire um, which has dispatched aerial personnel as well as ground resources to assist the local firefighting agencies in fighting the blaze um, along the slopes of uh, Simonstown. He's now joining us on the line. Trevor, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. We were on the line to Jermaine a bit earlier on, and he spoke about um, the four um, aerial support that they got, the helicopters um, that they got, but he said that it's now been brought down to three. Um, are you able to give us an indication around what happened to the other one?
2: Right now on the the left flank, we still have four UES plus a, a Black Hawk being deployed there i just spoke to our ground manager there um and it's at a critical point of trying to 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 cut off the spread before it in fact goes into the radial road and possibly the informal settlement area so we're throwing everything at it at the moment
0: throwing everything at it so do you think that the water bombs are currently yielding the results
2: Well, we've contained quite a bit of it. You know, we're operating in high wind conditions, so the spread is very rapid. And I think you need to understand that the water bombing generally cools down the fire so that the ground teams can actually extinguish it. Water bombing in itself doesn't necessarily extinguish the fire. So it's a combined effort between the air and the ground that that does the job. So we're working on steep slopes. So, you know, access for ground troops is quite arduous. Um, and uh, you need both of them to come together to try and put uh, put the blaze to bed.
0: And from your end, uh, looking at the winds as well currently, how long do you think it would take until you can say that the fire has completely been doused?
2: It's very difficult to predict, uh, Adrian, because, you know, we have variable winds. Even the winds are changing in terms of direction. The forecast today is still strong. It's a little bit early for us to even see the dip that normally comes with the evening in the Cape. Um, And then you have terrain, you know, the slope of the terrain also affects how fast the fire spreads. The more you go upslope, the faster the fire spreads. So it's variables like this is changing all the time. And then you have to get ground crews to the fire across this difficult terrain. So it's not an easy job, first of all, just to get to it and then certainly to predict how successful you will be. And then we have a further sort of variable that really confounds thing. You know, fires spread generally by burning the thing next to it. But in felt fires, we also have what we call spotting. In other words, the wind carries embers ahead. So at any time you can get vegetation that spots Mm. Uh, particularly the alien vegetation you know that that burns and explodes in the air and sends these embers ahead of the flames. so it's 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 a very difficult job to predict exactly when you're going to get it under control.
0: What would you say some of the priorities are now? Jermaine was saying that as far as he's concerned, it seems as though that you have all of the resources or the teams have all of the resources that are um, required. But what would you say the priority should be to try and contain the fire and also to avoid the fire spreading to residential areas?
2: So typically in wildland firefighting, you prioritize cutting off from either human beings or, or dwellings. Uh, right now, it's burning in the wilderness area, but heading towards habitation. So the accent of our effort at the moment is to try and cut it off from the direction is heading, namely between to the radial uh, road, heading towards a the settlement there, and then possibly fluting up in the valley. So um, we you make tactical decisions in terms of where you're at any particular point in time. But the, the big effort now is to head off this uh, spread towards radial oil ready road
0: okay thank you so much for your time and all the best with the work that you guys are currently doing trevor abrams the managing director there of working on fire